Welcome, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We're delighted that you've downloaded this episode once again, and you'll be glad you did because we have a very, very special guest. Uh, welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. It's uh, James Aladdin from Prayer Storm. James, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your kind of background in youth ministry, and tell us a little bit about Prayer Storm itself. Okay, well... Um I see myself as a missionary. So my parents are missionaries to the UK. I moved over in 2001. And uh, my heart has been stirred about what God's doing here. So my dad is from Nigeria. My mom is from Ghana. I was born in Liberia. I live in Manchester. My son from Stockport. And we have a son called Justice, who was four. <laughs> so um, I have been in ministry since, I would say, kind of actively full-time type thing since 2007. And uh, my heart for God has been stirred in a certain direction. I never planned I would do prayer like I'm doing right now, leading a prayer ministry. So I would say I stumbled into this. I almost feel tricked into it in a good way. Not that I'm angry at God, but <laughs> I never actually imagined I'll do this. And many times I say to people, you know, maybe you find prayer hard or you feel like it's boring. Well, I've been there. And the fact that I'm leading this ministry called prayer is actually a miracle because I did not enjoy prayer at all. Because I've encountered God in some unique ways, I have been through the journey. I know it's like to be bored and disconnected. And sometimes I still am bored, but I understand what it is to break through that boredom barrier. And because I've tasted what's on the other side, I always try to encourage people to endure that and learn how to push through. Because sometimes it's just power you need to go through to break through into what God has for, for you. So I kind of grew this passion for prayer just by my hunger for God and God stirring my heart and encountering him. A long story short, I ended up working with a ministry called The Message. Trust in Manchester in 2007. They employed me as their prayer coordinator. So I basically was spending a lot of time teaching and prayer, equipping people in prayer. The Message Trust is a mission organization. So primarily a lot of the stuff we're praying into was about souls and evangelism and salvation and very outward looking. And um, yeah, just really over the years of doing this, I've just learned things I feel good as uh, stirred in my heart to help me to know how to sustain a life of prayer you know over years because one thing to be excited for a moment but it's another thing to maintain that for years so Preston started in 2009 I joined the message trust in 2007 and 2009 started gathering young people together to pray out of a heart really just to see more young people passionate about prayer because my mindset was perhaps the young people aren't praying because they're not in meetings where it's modeled for them and they don't they're not in meetings where they see other young people praying because i think of you like positive peer pressure when you see someone doing something you know you should be doing you're not doing there's something about that that convicts you about doing it if you're really seeking god when you see a young person really going hard after god and you really know that you should be doing that, them doing that actually does something to your heart of liberating you to want to go hard after God. So we felt the need to create an environment where young people come in 
and see all the young people praying and realize actually it's not just for the older people. And we saw God do amazing things in that. Young people started praying meetings in their schools. Young people started getting on fire for God. And things started to happen as they started to catch the fire of God in their hearts. So that kind of, uh, over time, kind of grew. And uh, now we're at a place where set, we set prayers to up as a charity in 2014. And we've been doing this full time teaching, equipping people, but also mobilizing people in gatherings of fastings and prayer. Amazing. And so what we're going to talk about this month is about the prayer life of the youth leader themselves. Yes. So for yes. the youth leaders listening, yes. maybe as you've just described, they're finding prayer tough. How do they break through? That's what we'll talk about yeah, this yeah. month. And in next month's episode, we'll talk about how do we disciple young people in their prayer lives. Yes. So let's imagine that we have a youth leader and that youth leader is in the position that you were describing a moment ago. They, mm. they know it's important to pray. Yeah but they're not really sure how to pray. Yeah. When they come to pray, maybe they don't know what to say or how to say it. Maybe they don't find that the words come. Maybe they don't experience God's presence as mm -hmm. they pray and they, they're just finding that, it, that it's hard work. Mm -hmm. If you were to speak to that youth leader, how would you advise them about how to, to break through? Well, I think one thing to realize is um, prayer is something that the flesh does not want to do because we feed our flesh all the time and our flesh is just, we're just comfortable with our flesh life, so to speak. We're comfortable with entertainment, feeding our flesh food and everything our flesh needs. Whereas what our spirit needs, which is the presence of God, the word of God, prayer, um, is not, doesn't come natural to the flesh. So it's gonna feel hard and that's okay. That's, that's the way it is. It's kind of like going to the gym, having not been to the gym for many years and expect that is, you know, you're not gonna feel any pain. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, wanting to grow muscle and thinking, oh, you're gonna go to the gym one day and all of a sudden the muscles are gonna be there. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah. we don't think of spiritual things in the same way, but just like natural things take time. Muscles take time to grow. It takes time to get fit. All these things, same thing spiritually. It takes time and you have to go through yeah. the pain barrier, you know. And it, one of the scriptures that really helps me many times is uh, the scripture in Matthew, where G the Beatitudes, where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I love that concept because uh, for me, it helps me to realize there is a blessing in embracing my spiritual poverty. What I mean by that is, when you want to pray, when I want to pray, and the last thing I actually feel like doing is praying, actually, that f the feelings I'm feeling, that, what I'm going through at that moment, when I'm feeling like watching a movie or feeling like just going on Facebook, or, all those feelings, they're actually a picture of my spiritual poverty because that is actually showing me that I am not desiring God like I want to. I'm actually poor in spirit. So as opposed to allowing the poverty of spirit to drive me away from God to the things that feed my flesh, I should actually embrace that and realize that it's showing me my need for God. So the fact that I'm feeling bored, the fact that I'm feeling disconnected, for me is proof of how much I really do need God. So as opposed to running away from that place, I embrace that place as difficult as it is because I see that as a picture of spiritual violence. I'm going against what my flesh wants. I'm saying, okay, God, 
I know this is hard. You know I'm finding this hard. And there's no point trying to pretend, Lord, I don't feel like praying right now. In fact, I don't feel hungry. But I know I need this. I know my spirit needs this. Father, would you do a work in my heart? Because I really do need you. I, I want more desire. I want more hunger. Help me to break. See, those kind of prayers, pushing through in that place, you will break through eventually. But people don't tend to embrace the boredom, so to speak, the difficulties, people tend to run away from it more. So I would say that is a, a good place to start. And it's not unusual to feel like prayer is hard and you don't know what to do. So, so is it kind of like, just like going to, to the gym, as you yes. use that analogy, so much of it is about uh, self-discipline and perseverance. Yes. Is that like a big part of the picture? Yes, yes. it is a part of the picture, but it's not all of the picture because it's good to understand that it takes God to love God. So the Bible says God is the one that works in us to will and to do according to his good purpose. So there is self-discipline involved. It's kind of like it says in James, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. God has his part and we have our part. It's not all about our part. Otherwise, we're just going to be taking credit for, oh yeah, I pray this much and this happened. It's not about how well we pray and, you know, uh, how well we can articulate and how well we can, you know, you know, put prayers together. It's about the fact that we're making ourselves available to God in that time. I was using the illustration earlier this morning of how we tend to pray or sing all the time. God, I want more of you. I want more of you. And I say, God is saying that back to us. James, I want more of you. Tim, I want more of you. We, we can't be saying, God, I want more of you and not create space for more of him. So when we say, okay, I am going to set time aside, that is discipline. That's important. But what we're doing is we're creating the space for God to come and fill. That is very important. The reason why I don't just want to say it's all about discipline is I've seen, I've seen people where it, it, prayer then becomes like such a religious thing. And it's about, okay, I've done my bit now. Tick a box and move on. It's, it's more than that. It, it, it's a lifestyle. There are two dimensions to it. It's kind of like prayer is not just like Jesus said in Matthew 6, when you pray, go into your room. And, you know, shut your door. You know, when he says when you pray, there's a time to you, there's a place. That's significant. But then it also says in Scripture, may the, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the, and, and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now forevermore. So there's a continual fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And it says pray without season. Mm. So there is a dimension of prayer that permeates every day and our thought life. I live with the awareness that my thoughts are heard in heaven on loudspeakers. So it's like, I'm never alone in my head. I'm never alone. God is there. So I'm living with that awareness. And that communion is a form of prayer. However, there is a need for the discipline of making time to pray, which I find that many uh, people don't do. They just think, I'm just going to pray as I, go, as I go along. And generally, you don't tend to pray as much as you really could and spend more time with God because you will never, ever, ever go deep in God on the run. I'm just going to say quick prayer, quick prayer there, quick prayer there. And just expect that you're going to have a fervent, deep relationship with God. If you want a deep relationship with God, you'd have to create space. And yes, the word comes in discipline. Yeah. And that space, you're going to have to make up your mind that it's going to be a regular part of your day, just like you eat in the morning or you eat in the afternoon. You're going to make sure prayer is part of what you do every day. The word is part of what you do every day. Until it becomes that important to you, you really would not grow that much in it. It's just going to become something on the side. Oh yeah, I do it every now and again when I'm in trouble. But yeah. it doesn't become something that's actually part of your life. And would you say, James, that it's, it's that daily discipline, shut the door 
bit of praying mm -hmm. that then feeds into the pray without ceasing yes, bit of absolutely. praying. So you create you're creating that awareness of yes. the voice of yes. God and yes. The, yes. and you're you're turning your attention towards God and so you become more aware of his presence with you. Yes. Because of the shut the door yes. prayer. Yes. You can do the without ceasing yes. prayer yes. as a yes. result of it. Would yes. that would that be a fair comment? Absolutely. And that's that's absolutely right as well because um in my experience now, we all have a lot of problems in our lives. We all have issues we face, challenges. And what I find is many people tend to use prayer in a way where we tend to pray fervently only when we're in trouble. We won't go to help us pass our exams. Or when we have a big youth event coming up and we won't go to show up, then we're going to fast. And when we, so prayer becomes like a reactive thing as opposed to a response you know, we, we're reacting to things around us, but to response. So it's a two-way thing. And I agree with what you're saying. It's something that we have to have in our lives as discipline, and that feeds into the rest of our lives. From my experience, I found that actually um, many times I go into prayer feeling very discouraged about circumstances, things going on in my life. You know, I, I'm dealing with things. And um, when I go into prayer, if I just had a moment like that this week, when I go into prayer, um, I may pray about some of those things, but what, what happens is there comes a moment when I don't give up in that place of prayer. There comes a moment where breakthrough happens. And the breakthrough for me is not so much that the situation changes. is that something supernatural happens to me and I change. Hmm. And, I mean, I've just experienced this like a couple of days, three days ago, where... I am praying, but I know I need breakthrough in myself in certain areas and situations. And I have come out of the situation, having pressed through in God, where I've changed so much in the inside and feel with so much joy that it's so supernatural because the situation hasn't changed. And I'm able to go into the rest of my day with a certain level of connectedness with God I will not be having if I did not have the time set aside to press into his presence so both feed into each other but it's absolutely important that we have that discipline i think i can sum that whole idea up with saying uh, desire without discipline dissipates so we could have a desire to pray and if we don't actually cultivate that desire eventually it fades away and what we have is no prayer life and we don't feel like doing it because we have not been cultivating a desire yeah. Oh, really good. Man, James, I'm ready to just shut this down and just <laughs> find a closet somewhere and just get some prayer on. I, I caught a seminar you did, and, and you said something that was, that, that was very true. And you said about how different people, um, a worship leader would, would emphasize that worship is the most important thing, mm -hmm. or evangelist would emphasize it. Evangelism is, uh, is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And you said um, those things are all important. You said, but prayer is the most important thing and sometimes we might emphasize that doing the practical stuff setting up the room getting food you know doing different things putting promotions out on on, on social media and things like that can you i guess in a sense maybe for people that aren't really getting this mm -hmm. can you just put some emphasis of how important for people that are in ministry but specifically we're talking to youth workers how important it is to have a prayer life and, and, and the benefits. And yeah. also at the same time, just in something they might be experiencing but not, might not be aware of, of, of running on empty. You yeah. know, you, you're, you're running off of a good prayer time you had years ago, mm. you know? So can you just speak a little bit on, on, on that, yeah, just the yeah, importance yeah, yeah. of it? It's a very important question because I'm a minister myself and I always like to make the distinction for people in ministry 
that there is a difference between being passionate about God's work and being passionate about God. Very good. Because you can be a passionate youth leader wanting to see people get saved, and that's good. You're anointed and called to do that. You can do that with all your passion while you're dead with God when no one is looking. Now, I've done this long enough to also know that it's possible to have a growing ministry to the masses and have a shrinking heart towards God. Wow. So we can never allow the size of our ministry to be what tells us how well we are doing with God. The fact that I laid hands on someone, they fell out and they got healed. The fact that I put on an event and hundreds of people got saved. That is no indication of my relationship with God whatsoever because God can anoint you to function, but that does not mean you're intimate with him. You can function out of a calling, anointing, and gifting and be totally distant from God. This is so crucial that we understand this. Because when we understand this, we start to realize the significance of our prayer time. We say this all the time as believers. You know, Christianity is not about, uh, what's it? It's not about religion, it's about relationship. Now, if we break that down, what is relationship? You realize true relationship means you know me, I know you. I hear your voice, I know your voice, you know my voice. I don't just come to you when I need you to do something for me. We have an ongoing dialogue. And actually, when we meet, it's not like I have an agenda. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go through ABC true conversation and friendship flows there it's like a river it just flows i don't come into this conversation just or when we're having a conversation catching up on what's been going on in our lives and how our day has been or whatever it's not like i have a a list of agenda there's a natural flow i listen to what you're saying i respond you hear what i'm saying you respond that kind of way is how i think prayer really should be where we're not just talking to god but listen up what god's saying to us so you can realize you can understand you can be in ministry but functioning doing all these great things for god and god is moving but your heart and your intimacy with god is dead and dull nothing to i mean you, you just you, i mean i can't tell you where you really are with god you know where you are in your heart with god and no one else can tell you you know where your intimacy is at the times i'm like lord i feel like my oil and in intimacy is is running a bit low i guess i'm praying but i feel like i need to <laughs> add some fasting <laughs> I feel like I need to spend a whole day today. I feel like I need to spend a few more hours. I've been doing the 30 minute, one hour, two hour thing. That's okay. But I feel like I just need to press in some more. Jesus had those seasons. He went all night. Jesus did not do all night prayers every day, but we had seasons of all night prayer regularly, I believe. Now he had his daily prayer time. So what I would say to a youth leader that's thinking, oh, you know, yes, I know prayer is important, but it's not that important. Well, consider Jesus. He is the man we're trying to all be like. He is the one we're trying to all be like. I would say, if Jesus prayed through the night, Mark 1 says, he also woke up a long while before daylight to go and pray. And his disciples went out to find him. And think about his disciples. His disciples did not ask Jesus to teach them how to preach. They did not ask Jesus, teach us how to raise the dead, how to heal the sick. But they did ask, teach us how to pray because they knew everything else he did came out of that place of prayer. Yeah. Now, if Jesus prayed that much, who are you as a youth leader to think that you're okay with just a few minutes before a major event? God bless this event. Thank you so much. Amen. We go. And because um, absence of prayer is a testament to our ability. Presence of prayer is a testament to our dependence on his ability. And many times, actually, prayer is a picture of our, our humility, realizing 
there is no way we can do what God has called us to do and sustain it without the grace of God. Jesus' primary ministry was a ministry of prayer, his relationship with the Father, and everything came out of that. So as youth leaders, that should be our focus, that we have that place of intimate connection. One other thing I want to say, now I do travel speaking a lot, like I'm doing here at this conference, and I, I value preparation time. I value time studying the word, waiting on God, believing God for a word. But I, I think many youth leaders spend more of their prayer time preparing for a sermon, preparing for a meeting, as opposed to nothing. So, for example, I had a prayer time this morning, and to be honest, I didn't actually talk to God much about this meeting. I did talk to God eventually about it, but a bulk of my prayer time was not about my ministry and what I'm about to do for God. Actually, we're more effective when we learn how to be with God. Great. And I think our ministry with God, our ministry for God is more about being with him as opposed to all the stuff we're doing for him. Don't get me wrong. It's right to do stuff for God, but we can't just be doing, 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 and not realize that the doing should come out of the being. So nothing should replace that me and God time that's not based on my urgent needs. Nothing wrong with asking for God to bless me and pray for my needs. That's not based on all that stuff. But it's just me pressing into his presence. No agenda. So good. That, nothing should ever replace that, even a ministry. Really good. And I, I just want to pause on something you said there, James, and just draw something out of it because I think it's so important for our youth leaders listening to this. And that's what you said about you can have a... A, a growing ministry for God, but a shrinking heart towards God. And I think that's so important to talk about because when that happens, you find yourself in a dangerous and vulnerable place. Absolutely. Because you find yourself, you've got a growing ministry, you find yourself in the spotlight. Yes. People want to talk to you about your ministry. They're, they're praising you. They're saying you're doing such a good job. You're doing so well. They're elevating you. People's attention is, is towards you. But you don't have, because you haven't been in his presence, mm -hmm. the depth of character to carry yeah. the burden yeah, yeah, of yeah, your yeah, ministry. Yeah, yeah, you don't have the yeah. intimacy yeah, 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 with yeah, Jesus yeah. in order to keep you grounded yeah, and yeah, humble yeah, 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 and yeah. strong to stand against the temptation Absolutely. of sin. Absolutely. And because you'll find yourself right there in the, in, in the spotlight, you're now in a very vulnerable place. Yes. And so we've got to... Particularly as we see, I mean, any, but particularly as we see ministry growing, yes. we have to continue to ensure that our intimacy Absolutely. with God is there. Or, or, or we could find ourselves, you know, uh, we could find ourselves in a very uh, dangerous Absolutely. and uh, Absolutely. And I think, I think Samson is a picture of that. The anointing of God on my life and your life is not a sign of his approval of my behavior. Wow. The fact that God is anointing me to work and do ministry does not mean he's approving my behavior. I think we, again, we need to understand the difference between the anointing of God upon us for ministry and the anointing of God within us yeah. for intimacy is the way I look at that. You can have the anointing of God upon you for ministry increasing so much that if the anointing within you is not growing, what is upon you ends up crushing you because yeah, it's right. too heavy for the lack of weight within you. And because of the lack of intimacy, the lack of depth of walking with God, the lack of communion with God, that anointing can actually become destructive because of the attention it brings and all this. So what you're saying is really, really true in that 
as we spend time with God, that time disconnected from the ministry actually helps us to cultivate our character, our time with God, such that we're able to handle the weight of what God brings. In fact, I want to say this. I don't think there's any other way to handle the favor that God brings a man or woman of God in ministry apart from learning how to personally go deep in God because that's where you learn humility. That's when you learn the grace of God. The more you get disconnected from that place, pride sets in. The more you get disconnected from that place, all these other things set in and get distracted by all this stuff out here. We have to always remember it's about our intimate connection with God. And also, I mean, there's some scary scriptures in the Bible. I mean, the one of the ones that is really convicting is the one that, you know, people will come to Jesus and say on the final day, you know, I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied in your name. And they did do that. And he would say, depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Now, you've got to think about that as a leader. I don't want to be that. Now, with the gifts of the Spirit, I can end up as that. With the gifts of the Spirit, as a youth leader, as a pastor, as a, as a leader, I can end up in a place where God is saying, depart from me. I never knew you. Because I, even though I was prophesying, but with the fruits of the Spirit, it's impossible to end up in that place because the fruit is connected to the vine and the vine is Him. We can't bear fruits without being connected to Him. Now, I'm not trying to say we just go after the fruits and all the gifts. I'm saying we go after both. But we have to understand we can't just go after the external, spectacular displays for the masses. We have to go after the deep cultivating of intimacy yeah. with God. So uh-huh. crucial. James, this, is, this has been amazing. This has just been a, a I don't know about, I don't want to speak for Tim, but... It, I, I feel like I, I hope what it's doing in me right now will do to the people that are listening to this and, and the people I want to send this to. And this transcends just just uh, youth work. Mm-hmm. I mean, this will go, like you said, you know, just being in ministry. And so I just to say, you know, we appreciate your time, appreciate you, you, you know, speaking into this. And it's such a, uh, I don't know, overlooked uh, topic within yeah. within youth work. I think we tend to say it because it's the right thing to say. Yeah. It's the right thing to say. You should be praying, pray, you know, yeah. but. But it's something, uh, I guess, like you said earlier, you know, we should pause on this and talk about it's something we need to pause on and, and, and kind of have a Selah moment and pause and, and think about uh, ourselves and prayer and stuff. So thanks, James. We appreciate You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.